Well, hello, utility world. It's Kurt Moreland, associate publisher with Incident Prevention, back with another edition of innovative products out there. And I'm very happy to welcome Max Baker of Illumigear to tell us about the update on his Halo product. Welcome, Max. Thanks, Kurt, for having me. Curtis, thanks for running the show. I appreciate you guys uh, giving us the invite on behalf of Illumigear. And uh, we welcome the opportunity to tell you guys a little bit about our story and answer whatever questions you guys got. Man, that sounds great. Now, I'm going to kick things off by saying I actually used a sample of your product one time. I was getting ready for Halloween to greet the trick-or-treaters, and I thought, you know, I've got this sample that Max gave me. I want to check this out and see if it really works. And it was it was a really cool experience. The first thing I noticed is how easy it is to charge. It's just like charging a cell phone. It charged quickly. And then I thought, I wonder how long this halo light um, around my head is going to last, you know? Um, and it lasted all night. It was amazing. And it gave off so much light. And um, so I became a fan. So, and it is a unique product too. So tell me a little bit about how your company started and how you brought this product to market several years ago. Thanks. Uh... So Illumigear started shipping product first off in 2014. We shipped our first units and uh, we've been doing so ever since. We're currently on our third iteration and we're about ready to release uh, some new equipment that we're really excited about. But I started Illumigear and uh, kind of the business began in 2011 and its current format in 2012. Now, there's a longer side story, but the short is that I was laying sewer pipe out of construction. I literally fell in love with construction one day when uh, me and my buddy had laid about 300 feet of sewer pipe plus some uh, storm drains down this um, a, a ditch. And I climbed out, of the, <laughs> climbed out of the trench and realized that the work we had done would be part of these housing developments for a long time. And I really didn't know what I wanted to do in college. And I fell in love with the fact that we could build this system that people would use and depend on and it would just be there. And that meant a lot to me. And uh, I've had the pleasure of seeing Illumigear go from an idea and having the chance to work with a lot of really interesting people, partners, investors, and coworkers uh, to get us where we are. And, uh, you know, we, we started with literally an idea. I, I one day was like, I wanted to be a part of every construction job site somehow. That was a dream I had. And what I realized was that I didn't have the skill to build a new version of a D9 or some sort of large tower crane and that that was too far beyond my bandwidth, but that if I could build something that worked with every person, the thing is, is I could go be on a bunch of different job sites. And what I realized was that at Illumigear and for myself, the hard hat is the single most distilled down image of construction. So I started playing around with things that I could build that would work with a hard hat and maybe start real simple. And then one day I was like, what about a halo? <laughs> and that was in January of 2010. And, uh, you know, it's been a few years since then. And we now have over 150,000 units deployed globally. We work with some really good distribution partners and some uh, great customers and users of our product. And uh, yeah, that's a little bit in a snapshot, obviously a long story of 
funding <laughs> design issues and how you grow the team and the people that we get to work with. But it started with an idea about build literally a ring of lights around a head. And then it turned into a more of a missional statement, worked uh, for a period of years with a technical co-founder. And, uh, you know, we, we changed the mission, structured the vision more so the business could operate really as a business instead of an idea. And now here we are a few years later. That sounds great. Let's talk about that design. Now we've all seen, you know, the, the headlamp or the, the flashlight on the elastic band uh, around the, the forehead kind of thing. Totally. But you guys have really gone the extra mile. You've got uh, a light that goes all the way around the hard hat. And how does that light up the work site much better than other options? So what you're talking about, we, we, we view our job kind of like on a tactical side, like our overall mission is to help get people home safely. And we view it as our job to build products that people want to use, that makes them safer and makes their job more efficient. And on a kind of simple side, we think we'll be successful if we remove the camping headlamp from the construction job site. So the tools that you're talking about are basically one-up versions of camping headlamps or hunting gear, which we totally respect. We understand how it started. But from our perspective, you're wearing an industrial safety helmet because something could hit your head from the top or the side, and you've got an elastic band or kind of strappy system on the side with a product that wasn't designed for a hard hat. And so our system is designed you literally pull it straight down, no tool required. So you don't have to use any zip ties or anything like that to hold the system to your hard hat. It also is designed to not invalidate the ANSI rating. So the Z89.1 rating, do not pierce, permanently fix, or modify your hard hat in any way. I realize some of the crew members listening to this may chuckle there, but if OSHA wants to get really technical, sometimes they don't even like stickers on your hard hat. I think that's a little, you know, but our system is designed to just slide right on the hard hat. Again, no tools required, no additional stuff. And then you have 360 degrees of light uh, when you turn it on. And what we uh, are focused on doing is that that way you can be seen from any direction at all times. So we understand that while you wear a safety vest, in some ways that is a reactive system that depends on an exterior source of light often and sort of assumes that you're standing directly in front of the oncoming source of light that may or may not be a headlamp. And so we like the halo because it's designed to fully illuminate you. It's not an area light replacement. So our system will not replace a light tower. That's never its intent. But the forward, what we call fangs and spot beam of the halo are designed to completely illuminate your work area and the area that you are essentially walking towards. So we made some changes with our product, which is the version that's out in the market today uh, versus our old product that was more of a halo device, more about you being seen than really about you also seeing your work area as efficiently as we would have liked. And um, yeah, so that's our system. Uh, it's a rigid system. It's also IP67. So you dust dirt, pressurize water, you wear it outside. It's meant to be used and abused, frankly. Just please don't cut it with a bandsaw, then it won't work. But uh, <laughs> that's our halo. Yeah, so it, there's like, a, if I remember it correctly, there's almost like a, a one or two clips on it that when you press it down on a hard hat. It's got four clips, two up front, two in the back. 
We used to have a few more with our older designs, but this system, it's kind of like a reverse Chinese finger trap. So it applies pressure to the helmet and fits on snug when you pull it down. And these clips, again, they don't have any sticky component or material on there. And they're just designed to hold the halo right in place. You can take your hard hat, do a little bit of a shake, even upside down. It won't, it won't just slide right off. Obviously, if you're wearing your hard hat upside down, uh, we're wondering what you're up to, but we, we don't want the system to fall off just on normal wear. That sounds good. And then tell me, how do you charge the unit? Um, from what I remember, it only took a couple hours to fully charge it and it stayed, stayed on for a long period of time. Uh, go into a little bit more detail about that. So the Halo has a, a standard lithium ion 18650 battery and there is a battery compartment in the back of the Halo that is accessible. If you turn the Halo upside down, there's a little snap piece right there and you can just pull out what is a Panasonic cell that we brand and sleeve with an Illumigear logo. And then we also put a protected circuit on it. So you guys can't see this, excuse me, you ladies and gentlemen cannot see this on the podcast, but I'm showing Kurt a protected button on the top of this cell. So we buy just a standard 18650 and we put a protection circuit on there. So some of you may have heard of these uh, scooters and whatnot that were catching fire. Some of that has to do with a lack of protection circuit on each cell and what you do is when your halo runs low, first off, you'll get a, a notification warning. We have a little charge light up front, so it shows you how charged your halo is. And it'll show just a one bar. The halo will kick down to dim mode, which is the lowest setting of the light. And then you'll know you need to recharge the system. As you said, Kurt, you'll mostly get a full operating day because uh, depending on how you use the product. But then you just drop it in the standard charger. We either have car chargers or home charger systems or gang charger systems. And uh, you just give the battery a charge a couple hours, you'll get 80%. And then I think it's a three and a half hour charge time. Excuse me, it's a two and a half hour charge time. You'll be at 100%. And um, yeah, that's how it should be. You should get 500 charges out of your, your cell. And you're going to see very minimal trickle charge out if you're not using the product because the those lithium-ion 18650 cells have a ton of power and while they are more costly than a double a battery what we found is that you can use them a lot longer they end up seeming from our experience to cost the user quite a bit less because you're not always just throwing away batteries and going back to store and buying more you do have to have some management of your cells but that's something that you know people are a little bit used to at this point and uh, that's what we're up to now also the timing of having you here is you are uh, proud to uh, announce a new version yep. uh, of, of the Halo Light. Tell us the improvements you made or what you felt you guys could improve upon. So we officially launched this product last year. Uh, <laughs> it was in the midst of COVID. So a lot of things happened in that period of time. And uh, we understand that this was not uh, front page news anywhere, but we released the third version of our product. And the changes that were made were our old device, <laughs> some of you cannot see this, so I'll just speak to it. We were told by people, didn't exactly have the best look. So the colorization of the product was kind of like a muted white gray. Uh, some said it looked like a toilet seat lid. And we realized that in a lot of ways, if you're fighting uh, a poor design look, that you know that's a difficult win in a lot of ways. So we changed the color to kind of like a, a flat black gunmetal look. We, we thought that would fly a lot better. We got a lot of compliments out of that. And then what we did is we also changed the front 
uh, light output system of the halo. So before we never had a spot beam and we had no kind of downward facing illumination sources. So we changed that, we added these, what we call FANG features, so downward facing light. And one of the advantages of this, so for the utility space, we literally looked at a 50 foot telephone pole and we said, hey, with the spot beam on, we wanna be able to see the top of that pole and see all the equipment on the top of that pole with this system. And we wanna have downward light so we can see the tools at our hands and or the ground at our feet. And with the fangs and the spot beam, we've achieved that. And uh, we also added a plug-in feature port in between the fangs. So I'm not gonna say everything about that at this moment, but this system allows you to access the battery power in the back of the halo without kind of hacking into the back. And so there are some tools that we're working on that we're really excited about that will potentially plug into here and uh, give you an additional layer of safety over time. And that's kind of what we've done. So again, quick color change, change of the illumination up front, uh, slightly tweak the battery door here. So we also made it a little bit easier to open this door. We previously had this kind of screw system. Uh, it was a little complicated, especially we had big, uh, big work gloves on. So this snap piece works a little bit better. And uh, yeah, that's our Halo V3. So we call it Halo SL. It originally stood for Spotlight. So Halo SL. You know, that sounds really good because how many times we can all relate to this. Have you been out working at night on a project? You're holding a flashlight and you're holding tools at the same time. You drop the flashlight, you know, you're fishing around maybe in a mud puddle or something for it. And uh, your product is, uh, sounds like it's a Swiss army knife tool of illumination. Yeah, if you, you've ever done the, <laughs> Uh, flashlight in the mouth because you're trying to deal with something. I'm not saying you've done that anyone on this call, but uh, I may have. Or, you know, you, you've got it cocked up at an angle and you're trying to do something. I'm, uh, for those who can't hear or, or see, you know, you're holding it with one arm and you're kind of jamming something else around. It's really nice having a, a headlamp. And, you know, I totally understand why camping lights exist in the market. You know, you want a hands-free light source. Uh, we just always feel that like, if you're on a job site or in a situation that has high risk that you can't always be looking at, we feel like it's really important to light up the work area and keep you illuminated at all times because you just never know what's going to happen on a job site or, you know, in certain areas where our users work. There's just a lot of moving equipment, people moving around, maybe not always paying attention to no specific fault, but that's just how the jobs are. And so you want to make sure that you're visible while you're working. We can help you with that. Yeah. So we have uh, hands-free, you know, cell phones. Now we have uh, hands-free illumination too. So um, your company is out of the Seattle area, a beautiful part of the country. Thanks, um, tell me if, uh, if anybody's out that way, what are some things that you would recommend that we do? Oh man, I, uh, I used to travel the country quite a bit, slowed down a lot since COVID, but I never realized how many people have never been up here. Uh, I was actually born uh, about two hours south of the Seattle area where I live right now in a town called Bellevue. I was born in a town uh, by the name of Centralia, and so I'm a Washington native through and through. I tend to find that if you can get out to the San Juan Islands, you may or may not have ever heard of them, but they are incredibly beautiful. Uh, there are a lot of islands up there, Orcas Island, there's a harbor, Friday Harbor, 
Uh, I believe, Kurt, I think you went to Anacortes, which is a small town not very far from the islands that is really beautiful. I went to college up in a town called Bellingham, not very far away from the Canadian border. But I would say you definitely want to get out to the islands if you can. And then I would suggest three other places for sure. So Washington State has a uh, Pacific coastline that is, in comparison to the East Coast or California, nearly uninhabited. And I would strongly recommend that if you have a day or two to spend, drive out to the western coast of Washington. It'll take a couple hours out of Seattle, but you will drive through some incredible forest lands and you will literally be on a beach where it feels like there is no one there. There's an incredible place called the Giants Playground. It looks a lot like Cannon Beach, Oregon, but is nearly in an uninhabited. And it's amazing to stand out on some of these places where you feel like you are alone and this incredible Pacific coastline. And I keep saying that because it's kind of rocky with a grayish sand, but it is amazing. Uh, I would highly recommend too, if, if uh, you haven't had a chance, you wanna go drive around Mount Rainier National Park. Uh, sometimes it can be really snowy, you can be locked in, may not be able to get up the top, but uh, Mount Rainier is just a little over 14,000 feet, uh, pretty dominant mountain in the Washington area. Really incredible views. And then I would highly recommend, if you have some extra time, that you go over to the eastern part of our state. So our state is really kind of two different states. Uh, we're one state, obviously, but our western side is very uh, Pacific, rainforest, you know, rain shadowy type of environment. And then on the eastern side, we're, we're almost a desert. And we have a lot of wineries and a really heavy agricultural environment uh, and a lot of really good food over there, really incredible wines. And there is a lake called Lake Chelan that is amazing. It's about a two, three and a half hour if you have kids drive from uh, Seattle. And I highly recommend a day at least in Lake Chelan or a long weekend hotel experience over there. It's not a bustling city. It's just really, really beautiful. It's one of the deepest lakes, I think, on the western side of uh, the U.S. And uh, if you get a chance, you want to pop into Leavenworth on the way over. It's this little Bavarian town uh, that's, you know, kind of in the middle of nowhere, but they have really good food and a great little local community. I made notes of both of those places because I've never heard of them before. You want to check um, them out for sure. Yeah, if you're ever in Seattle and uh, you drive about an hour, hour and a half north of Seattle, there's a little marina town called Anacortes. Now, you used to take the ferry across to the San Juan Islands. And last time our family was up there on vacation, I was pleasantly surprised to find out you can take orca watching cruises right out of Anacortes. So you don't even need to take the ferry across anymore. And we saw bald eagles. We saw the orcas. It was like a little mini Alaska cruise. I, I highly recommend it. I would I'll lay on to that and say that out of Anacortes, depending on how, how adventurous your family is and maybe perhaps large or small your travel troop is, you can rent mopeds. And you can take these mopeds on these ferries. And by the way, when I'm talking ferries, over here in the Pacific Northwest, we're talking multi-deck car transport ferries. So you could fit... 200 cars in there, two stories, and they got two stories of viewing above. So these aren't, you know, kind of like one-decker open cab ferries, which exist in some of the parts of the country. These are big, not ocean-going vehicles, but like big boats. And uh, you can take your mopeds on, and 
island hop with the fairy using mopeds and then basically spend a day or two kind of like tootling around these little islands and it's really pretty there's just a lot of little beaches and places sometimes like you can't take cars to and they're, they're a really cool experience if you ever get a chance man that sounds really good so now one other thing is you know out in that area is a big music area yeah. you know uh kurt cobain known for uh grunge and that have you had any celebrity encounters or uh with with any people out there i have and actually i think when i prepped up for this i wasn't thinking about it you mentioned kurt cobain and a random factoid about me is uh my dad owned the cemetery when i was a young kid and uh this due to a long family story this may or may not be a tall tale but uh for a period of time, Kurt Cobain's family, uh, op, you know, was looking for a few places to potentially bury him. And our, our cemetery was considered for a brief moment. I'm only about 20% true that, convinced that that's a true story, but I'm just going to go with it because it exists in my family. And I'll go with, uh, actually on the music side, I had the opportunity to bump into Sir Mix-a-Lot. I say that like I'm a big deal or something, but I was so excited because I'm a, I've been invited to participate in this bi-weekly kind of Zoom event with some local CEOs uh, led by a gentleman who's had a really colorful experience and he's doing a really good job of sharing his experience to uh, a really broad international audience. And one of the days on the call, I was like, wait a second, I think I recognize this gentleman on the Zoom call. And I had made a comment and he commented on my comment. I was like, oh, I don't know who that person is, but man, I felt cool. And then I realized that gentleman was Sir Mix-a-Lot. <laughs> I was, uh, having lived in the local area, I like big butts and I cannot lie. <laughs> it's uh, pretty much, you know, it is a Washington song. Uh, and uh, I was proud that <laughs> I had the opportunity to share something with Sir Mix-a-Lot. Uh, he is actually also a really incredible entrepreneur and a very, very forward-thinking gentleman, uh, very strategic, uh, very thoughtful, and uh, definitely is not just, you know, a one-hit wonder kind of person. This man has an intellect, and I had the opportunity to share a little uh, bit of time with him, and I really enjoyed that. That's that's really cool, and, you know, I encourage people to join those. I'm actually a member uh, of a regional entrepreneurs club, too. And uh, you can really get a lot of good uh, tips and ideas by being um, on those Zoom calls. You know, incident prevention, we're all about education. And I'm going to take a second to uh, uh, mention that we are planning on being back in person for the IP Utility Safety Conference in in Frisco, Texas, October 26th through the 28th. So we want to invite the uh, vendors to exhibit and also the safety managers to attend. And, um, you know, on that note, uh, Max, you probably are going to be at some trade shows coming up. Yes, sir. We're, uh, we've got some shows coming up in early September, mid-October, late October. Uh, Obviously not a lot earlier this year, but it looks like the season's ramping back up right now. We'll see what happens at this moment with the Delta variant, unfortunately. But uh, yeah, our, our uh, crew is getting ready to hit the road, uh, as well as our distribution partners and our sales agencies that we work with. That sounds really good. It'll give people an opportunity to get back and, and see for their with their own eyes and touch some of these products, which is, which is really important, right? I... 
I cannot share properly the experience I had last week. Actually, the timing of this discussion is pretty appropriate. I, uh, I pulled out two of our trade show booths last week. Uh, my team members were bringing up the fact that, hey, we have to make sure they're ready for, for show, which I really appreciate their forward thinking on this. And I uh, pulled them out. <laughs> sure enough, they're busted. And, uh, <laughs> we, you know, we've been Jimmy rigging them for a while at the show. Just, you know, they weren't totally destroyed, but we were like, okay, hey, we got we to gotta fix this soon. All our old halos were in the booth and all our old imagery was in the booth. And I realized like we haven't done a trade show since before our new product launched and old literature, old sales material. And it was almost surreal to have spent uh, the better part of a year selling a piece of equipment that you really have had very limited opportunities to talk with people. Now I do kind of want to plug my team. I think we've done a really good job of changing how we sell and deal with kind of our inbound and outbound lead search, uh, as you and your team can probably understand, anyone on this call, getting business is really hard and making sure that you're spending time chasing the right people is is uh, not an easy game always. And uh, my team has kind of rehashed how we do things in the last couple months. I'm really proud of what they've done. And uh, it's really helped carry us over the last year. And I'm really looking forward to layering onto that being in person again with actual users and being able to do a little bit of shoulder rubbing and demos. Our product is a device that you wear. And uh, as probably most people listening to this podcast understand, you know, you got to want to use a tool. <laughs> Otherwise, no one really cares about it. And if it doesn't really work for you, then it, it, it doesn't really matter. And so a lot of our users are very tactile. They want to touch, they want to see, they want to play with, they want to sense the product before they really roll it out. And so it really helps for us to be in front of people. Uh, Zoom calls sort of work, but especially with a lighted system that has, you know, that, that does have some weight, albeit relatively light. It's one of those things that you turn the lights off, you, you turn the halo on and your computer camera gets all wonky and it doesn't quite show the light output right. So we got some good YouTube videos, but no, there's nothing like an in-person demo. Yeah, let's double back on the product real quick. Um, summarize for us the safety features of your product as to why our listeners should get the halo versus uh, um, some sort of traditional lighting that they might be using right now, the safety features. You mean like a camping light? So I would just go with a halo is greater than a camping headlight because a camping headlight is meant to be worn in a camping or, you know, a hunting site. But an industrial job site, a site where you have personnel driving by you or like a utility site or telecom fiber optics place where you got cars and other pieces of equipment, we, we really recommend you wear a system designed to work with a hard hat. And so our product gives you, it's the only true 360 lighting system that fits on a hard hat. And, you know, we are designed so that we do not uh, invalidate the ANSI ZD9.1 rating. So I'll start with that. And then we provide more than ample light for you to do your job and for you to be seen. So if visibility on your job site is any concern and hands-free task lighting has ever been an issue for you, we can really help you with that. And also, by the way, one of the things about the halo that's really important is we, we don't swivel. So there's no moving adjustable part. You literally just press the button and then you have illumination in your task area and then illumination and your potential walk zone as well as, up, you know, like I just said, a telephone pole up to 50 feet, uh, good visibility uh, at the top of that pole. And primarily 
we view our job as making products that people want to wear and improves their efficiency out in the job. And that's what we hope we've done with the Halo. Uh, if you have any interest in checking one out, you can go to our website, give us a phone call. And if something doesn't work for you, we've got a pretty strong warranty and we'd be more than happy to talk with you about what happened and take care of you. That's what I was going to ask you is how can our listeners get in touch with you? So we have a, uh, you know, main website, alumagear.com. So that's spelled I-L-L-U-M-A-G-E-A-R.com. By the way, that name took months to come to figure out. So if you hate the name, feel free to tell me. If you love the name, feel free to tell us. But uh, alumagear.com is our main website. We have an office phone number, 206-973-4277. You can call any time and or most national, most regional distributors have our product. They may not have it on stock and or on hand at the facility that you go to, but if you have a preferred distribution partner, a uh, PPE provider, just call them up, send an email, whatever works best for you and your procurement team. Let them know you want a new Halo SL. Uh, Tell them you want to outfit your whole crew and uh, our reps and our partners will help you. Your product is really impressive and it's, it's tech, you know, uh, definitely a lot improved. Um, what is the investment for something like this? I know you don't want to talk detail, but is it thousands of dollars for a unit? Oh gosh, no. Our Halo is $129.99 and that's our MSRP. That's and, all? Uh, yes. <laughs> Thanks, Kurt. Uh, yeah, $129.99. Uh, you know, we, we'll, we know most people buy through a preferred distributor or rep, so they get a kickback at the end of the year. So like I said, if you outfit your whole crew, you're, you're probably going to get it cheaper than $129.99, but I, our MSRP is $129.99. And uh, I would say give it a check out. Absolutely. All right. Well, I want to thank our guest, Max Baker of Gear, uh, to spend some time with us to tell us what's new with uh within the industry and with this company. It's been a very illuminating discussion, Max. I'm sure you've never heard that one before. Well said, and, uh, I appreciate it. It's a, yeah. it's, a, it's a pleasure to be here. I'll say, especially to your audience. We are uh, and have been for a long time, a single product company. So that is, we, we've always sold essentially the Halo, then <laughs> Halo, Halo uh, V2 and now Halo V3. Uh, we're really excited because pretty soon we are going to uh, move beyond just the Halo, and then we will expand the Halo market as well. And uh, those things are coming down the pipe pretty soon. I would strongly suggest if anyone in the industry is curious in what we're doing, please take a look at us. Feel free to reach out at any time. Uh, I, I believe that as we move forward as a business, we will continue to help those that are listening to this podcast in uh, greater and greater ways. It's an absolute pleasure to be able to build products that people depend on on a daily basis on behalf of my team. Thank you so much for taking time to uh, do this podcast, listen to what we have to say. And if Illumigear can help you in any way, please feel free to reach out. Kurt and Curtis, thank you so much for your time today. Well, you're very welcome. Thanks for taking time out of your busy schedule to be with us. And also thank you for being a IP utility safety exhibitor and uh, supporting our industry. And with that, uh, again, thanks to to Max and just going to ask our uh, utility safety community out there to roll safe out there. And we'll be back with another edition soon.
Thank you for listening to this episode. If you'd like to hear more of our podcasts, go to our website at incident-prevention.com slash podcast to get more or search Incident Prevention wherever you get your podcasts from. Until next time, stay safe. Thank you.